Gary Renard Podcast, Episode 40. Welcome to the Gary Renard Podcast, your direct connection to Gary Renard, best-selling author of The Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality, and Love Has Forgotten No One, the third book, longly anticipated, coming soon. I'm Gene Bogart, podcast producer and Gary's co-host. And he's here. Well, all right, he's not actually here with me, but he's here with me on the line. And we have a crowd just waiting to welcome the star of our show. Let's hear it for Mr. Gary Renard. Hey there, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you doing? Good, good. The crowd, the crowd's going wild. I can, you, I can hear great. clapping in the background and everything. So how you been? We haven't spoken for a while. You've been away. You've been to Europe. You've been back. You've been traveling. You've just been everywhere. It has been a wild time. Uh, it's, it's really been great. Uh, I spent about a month uh, touring Europe, speaking in Europe. It was a great trip. It was a long trip, uh, kind of grueling. Uh, I went to six countries. Uh, which included uh, Austria, where we started out uh, in Vienna. And then uh, well, we went on to Switzerland, which was absolutely beautiful. Ah. And then uh, Germany, mm-hmm. uh, Sweden. Sweden. Uh, Finland for the first time. Yeah, I remember that. And, uh, yeah. Also to Denmark for the first time. Ah. Now in Finland, you see our buddy Juhay, your Finnish publisher? Yeah, he pronounces it Juha, so I guess that's oh. right. But oh, okay. <laughs> he... Uh, He's uh, my Finnish uh, publisher, but uh, he's your buddy as well because he came on the cruise with us right. uh, to Mexico, which was a lot of fun. And uh, well, He's a great guy. Actually, uh, we just decided that we're going to do another cruise. We're going to do a cruise uh, to Venice and the Greek islands uh, in May, next mm-hmm. May. So that's going to be a very exotic, very mystical and beautiful uh, time, kind of like a once-in-a-lifetime uh, adventure. And uh, that'll be next May. If anybody wants to know about that, they can just uh, go to my website, to the homepage, GaryRenard.com, and uh, they can get the details there. But uh, Yuha uh, is not only uh, my publisher in Finland, but he's also the one who translated uh, both of my books, The Disappearance of the Universe and Your Immortal Reality, into Finnish. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's a translator as well, and uh, he says that the books are really helping uh, to popularize A Course in Miracles in Finland. So uh, that's something that I'm very excited about. I think it's uh, you know, just great to be able to uh, you know, share the course with new people. All kinds of new people uh, came to the workshop that I did in Finland. And uh, Plus, it's a beautiful place. I mean, Helsinki is just wonderful. Uh, I really enjoyed walking around there. It's actually an island uh-huh. and uh, surrounded by water, very much like Stockholm. And uh, I, we took the ferry from uh, Stockholm to Helsinki, mm-hmm. and uh, I actually did a workshop on the ferry. It's the biggest ferry in the world. No kidding. Wow. How long yeah. a trip is that? How long duration is the trip? Uh, it takes about 24 hours. Oh, wow. So it's uh, not like the Staten Island Ferry. I mean, this one goes a long distance. Right. You stay overnight. Uh, it's like a cruise ship, really, uh, which is amazing. And uh, so after speaking in Stockholm, I did this workshop on the ferry. Then I went to Helsinki and did a workshop there, so uh, uh, it was really great, and uh, Denmark was good, too, my first time there. The, the course is really just taking off in places like Finland and Denmark, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's great to be there at the, at the beginning and really, you know, just uh, be able to share, you know, the course with new people, and that was very exciting. So I was gone for almost a month. Uh, Munich in Germany was great. Uh, it's definitely one of the... My biggest places outside of America, I would say Germany and Japan have been uh, the biggest. Ah. But uh, Switzerland has been pretty good, and Switzerland is just so beautiful. We were in this uh, town called Vegas, which is uh, oh, about 10 miles from Lucerne, which is a beautiful place uh, right on the lake there. And we did the boat tour from uh, from Vegas to Lucerne and saw Lucerne. And uh, the Alps come like right down to the lake. Wow. And it's just so uh, so amazing. It's like one of the most uh, beautiful places in the world. Uh, yeah. Definitely one of the most beautiful places I've seen in uh, the last seven years since I started traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a great trip. Uh, difficult, uh, very grueling. Uh, I don't know if I want to make too many trips that are that long. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a long haul. Uh, yeah, it really is. 
And uh, that's why Cindy didn't come because, uh, you know, Cindy has been traveling with me ever since uh, we got married uh, about a year and two months ago. She's come on every trip. But, uh, you know, she's not used to it. I'm used to it. You know, I'm used to traveling uh, all over the world, living out of a suitcase. But, uh, you know, Cindy wasn't really quite used to it. So after a year of doing that, when it came time to do this uh, 26-day uh, trip to Europe, and she had a staring her in the face, she just told me, I can't do it. You know, I just can't go. I can't take a 26-day trip right now, which I understood completely. So she didn't come to Europe, but she's come on uh, all the other trips, uh, you know, since I've been back. Uh, we've gone to quite a few places like Boston, you know, and we just got back from Calgary uh, in Canada. Ah. And tomorrow we're going back to Canada. We're going to uh, Victoria, which is right near Vancouver. Oh, yeah. You know, British Columbia, beautiful island. Well, we were there on the uh, on the Alaska cruise. Uh, we spent that one stop in Victoria, and it is gorgeous there. I love that place. It's just beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, so we've been uh, going every week since I got back from uh, Europe. And uh, we'll continue to do that. Uh, but I think uh, when December rolls around uh, and we do our trip to uh, South America, we're going to uh, Buenos Aires, ah. Rio. Uh-huh. After that, we're going to take two months off. And uh, from now on, we've decided that we're going to take uh, two months off in the winter and two months off in the summer. So. Mm-hmm. Like from uh, mid-December to mid-February, and then again, July and August. I'm pretty sure we're going to take at least four months a year off. And not only will that give us a rest, but it'll give me a lot more time to write. Mm -hmm. And uh, plus, we'll take an occasional weekend off. And when we do that, then all of a sudden, we've got like nine or ten days at home, which is a real nice break uh, for us. We're going to do that Halloween weekend. We're uh, taking that weekend off, so... We get to be home for about uh, eight or nine days, which uh-huh. is a you know, very good treat. And also, uh, a lot of these trips we used to do for four days. We're cutting back to three days, so we're you know we're just trying to find ways to make more uh, time for ourselves to be home. Right. And that gives us more time to write because not only am I, uh, you know, already getting material for a fourth book uh, from Arden Persa, but at the same time, uh, Cindy and I are going to write a book together. Uh, about relationships. Aha. Uh-huh. So, and a lot of people are looking forward to that. So, uh, we got a lot of writing to do, and uh, so we're definitely going to be make, making more time for that. And with your two seasonal situation in the winter and the summer taking time off, will you fulfill your previous uh, commitment to lifestyle, where you said in the winter you're a Buddhist? <laughs> That's right. Uh, in the winter, I'm a Buddhist. In the summer, I'm a nudist. Okay, good. So you'll have the, now you'll have time to, <laughs> to pursue those. That's right. That's right. And of course, in the winter, uh, you know, we can always uh, take a little gauntlet over to Hawaii. Oh, there you go. And uh, so it's not really winter then. That's right. We found this beautiful beach on the Big Island, uh, beautiful black sand beach with this fine black sand, Mm. and it's on the Hilo side, which is kind of remote. So it's kind of like a hippie beach, and and it's really quite a scene because you know about half the people on the beach are naked, (laughs) and uh, you got all these animals, you know, dogs and cats, and you know. pet birds and, you know, cockatoos and running around. And they're naked, know. too, you know, so. They are, you know, and you get uh, about one-third of the people are smoking a joint, you know, <laughs> on the beach, and you get these waves pounding, and it's just a really cool scene. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like a, a haven for uh, old hippies. There you go, yeah. Yeah, the black yeah, the black sand is incredible. I do remember that from many many years ago. The one time I was in Hawaii, and yeah, it literally is black sand. And I remember the the white waves crashing, and then the the white foam would just kind of melt into the sand and vanish. It almost was surreal. It like it didn't look possible. It was just gorgeous, absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's a great scene. Now this beach is near a place called uh, Kalani Resort, I believe is how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. And I did a five day retreat there uh, back in April. Might go back next year. I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were sleeping in this place. They call it the tree house. And uh, it's enclosed because, you know, they have the screens so that all the bugs don't uh, come in. Right. But, uh, aside from that, like wide open. And it's really like sleeping in nature. And you get uh, really crazy sounds at night. They, I used to think they were birds, but they're actually tree frogs. Oh. And they're like chirping all night. And, uh, I mean, you really just feel like you're... Uh, in the middle of a rainforest, and guess what? You are in the you middle are, of a yeah. rainforest. <laughs> so, uh, 
It was a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to uh, going back. Hawaii is a very uh, great place, very diverse. Uh, you can have the nightlife and the city life of Waikiki and Honolulu, or you can have it be as remote as you want and as rural and uh, laid back and yeah. as much out in the country as you can get. So uh, you can really find whatever you're looking for, with, no matter what kind of a lifestyle uh, you want to live, it's available there somewhere. And all of the pineapple and poi that you can eat. That's true. And, uh, you know, another thing, uh, a lot of the people who used to grow pineapples in Hawaii have switched to coffee. Ah. Because uh, it's a much more lucrative uh, mm-hmm. crop. You can make a lot more money growing coffee. Uh, first of all, it takes two years to grow a pineapple. I know. We have some, and we wait, and we wait, and we wait. They grow quite nicely here in South Florida, but boy, it's a slow process. So that you've got to have huge pineapple fields to be able to commercially make money out of that. And, and I guess it's a great climate. They always talk about Kona coffee from Hawaii, so it must just really be the right climate and soil and whatever else is needed for coffee growing. So it probably turns it over a lot faster than pineapples. Yeah, yeah, that Kona coffee is uh, very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad that they uh, discovered uh, that they could do that because it's uh, just better for the people. It's better yeah. uh, for everybody. It keeps everybody lively. That's right. That's true. <laughs> Speaking of lively, I just, uh, just before we started recording this here, uh, I received an email from Gary Renard in the heart of Hollywood. And I wanted to, I'm sure that probably everybody listening to this has already received this email by the time you hear the podcast, which will take a few days to turn around. Uh, great picture of Cindy and of you both singing and performing. And, uh, it, it, the, the email tells about an interesting and fun event you're both doing two weeks. Well, well, it's, it's two weeks, but anyway, it's going to be on October 16th. It won't be two weeks from today, but I don't know when you're going to hear this podcast, but the date of the event is October 16th. It's called Gary Renard in the heart of Hollywood taking place at the Arena Theater just a block from Hollywood Boulevard, right next door to the famous Egyptian Theater. Take it away, Gary. No, this sounds great, and it's a whole day event you guys are doing together, right? Yeah, it's going to be uh, a lot of fun, uh, be a lot of laughter. We're going to do some music, Cindy and I. It's an all-day workshop as well, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll really be getting into specific tools and how to do them, and we're going to practice them so that people can... Uh, keep doing these things when they leave the workshop and undo the ego and, uh, you know, achieve enlightenment, which is the goal of the course, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to be doing all those things that day. So if people want to know about it, all they have to do is go to my website. Uh, once again, GaryRenard.com. This time you would go to the appearances page. Uh, click on the appearances page, scroll down to October 16th, and there's a link there that takes you uh, to... You know, kind of like the page that has all the information. Uh, there's a phone number you can call or an email address you know, mm-hmm. if you want to uh, attend. It sounds so cool. Yeah, I was just going to say, it sounds so cool because you're actually in a theater. You're in the arena theater, but as I understand, it's a pretty intimate venue. It's not like a huge theater, so everybody will be really close. But uh, describe that a bit because I haven't actually been in there. Right. It is an intimate theater. It's only about 100 seats. Uh-huh. And uh, so, yeah, everybody will be together right in to... Uh, you know, the workshop, and we'll be uh, kind of like uh, going one-on-one. I'm going to spend a lot of time talking uh, with the people who are in the audience and taking questions as well. Mm-hmm. But we'll also, as I said, uh, learn these specific techniques and practice them. Uh, so it's uh, just going to be a great uh, event, a little bit different than what I've done before, and it's going to be my first time in the heart of Hollywood there. Uh, the only other things I've really done near Hollywood has been like the Bodhi Tree Bookstore, uh-huh. which is in West Hollywood, but uh, it's not in the heart of uh, you know downtown Hollywood. The yeah. this is, and uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. And so is Cindy, and uh, a lot of our friends are coming, and people will get to meet other people right. uh, from the area that are really into the course and uh, really into my books. And uh, there's all kinds of great places to eat around there. Yeah, I was just going to say, maybe for lunch you can break, you can go to Barney's Beanery. Have you ever I been there? Barney's Beanery. Oh, I, I, was there, I was there a couple of years ago when I was out in Hollywood visiting my buddy Tom Ryan, the comedian. And uh, he said, oh, we'll go to this place. And it, it has shown up in many TV shows and movies and stuff. It's a very popular place to shoot, you know, film around. Uh, but great food, obviously, uh, you know, beans and burgers and, uh, you know, all, ribs and all sorts of great tasty stuff. Barney's Beanery, it's a Hollywood institution. So that'll be real near you. There's a bunch of great places right down there. Yeah, uh, that place has a great atmosphere, great food. They also have one here in uh, Santa Monica, which is right next to uh, ah. the town we live in. Cool. And uh, we've been there, so it's just uh, 
Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and you have all these uh, famous restaurants, uh, and uh, you know you get the Walk of Fame and the Chinese Theater. Are, are uh, you... The Arena Theater is right next to the famous Egyptian Theater, uh-huh. and uh, there's just all kinds of uh, you know fun things to see. And uh, yeah, so I hope people will come. And uh, you mentioned my e-newsletter uh, that I send out these email blasts uh, with. In order to receive those, you have to be on my uh, email list. So mm-hmm. there's a place at my website where you can join. Uh, in the upper right-hand corner, it says, uh, you know, join email list or something. And uh, all you have to do is give your email address, and uh, that's it. I don't uh, gather any information about people or anything. It just uh, You just put in your email address, and you'll automatically get uh, my email blast, which are at the most one a week, but uh, usually it's not every week. Usually it's every two weeks mm-hmm. or and my e-newsletter just goes out once a month. So if you join my email list, it's not like I'm going to be you know, bombarding you with emails uh, like some people do. It'll just be uh, one a week at the most and usually not even every week. And sometimes they have good pictures like this one does. Yeah, uh, about oh, a year ago we decided you know, it would be fun to have, because uh, I didn't have hardly any pictures except that you know one typical picture that you have of me at the website right. that I used to put in the uh, emails uh, that I send out. And then we decided, well, you know, let's have some fun and have a different picture uh, every time. So uh, since then, about the last year or so, uh, we've been choosing uh, some pictures, sometimes pretty humorous <laughs> pictures and sometimes serious. But uh, we try to do something different every month uh, with the pictures and with the different email blasts. And, and I just think it makes it more fun and more interesting. Mm-hmm. And they get to see you with your nifty Fender guitar. That's right. Uh, <laughs> it's been about, uh, I started playing guitar again, uh, actually it's been less than a year, less than a year ago. And uh, before that, I had completely lost my calluses and I wasn't used to playing. And uh, then slowly but surely, through the last year, uh, I've been practicing. Then back in January, that's when Cindy and I started uh, doing music at uh my uh, workshops, and since then, every workshop that we've done uh, in North America, uh, she's come and you know sang with me, and I played the guitar, and uh, you know we're getting used to it now, so it's fun. And we, you know, she always uh, sang, Cindy. She never stopped, but I did stop singing and playing the guitar for a long time. So mm. uh, it was a process for me to come back and, and start to get used to it. But now I'm starting to get used to it. Uh, we're recording a CD together. Uh, of music, uh, we even recorded a song that I wrote, ah. and there'll be uh, one or two songs that Cindy wrote on the CD. Also, it should be ready hopefully around January mm-hmm. or so, and uh, it's it's coming out really good. I'm excited about it. We've already recorded six of the, the nine songs that we're going to have uh, on the CD. Uh, we're working on the seventh. Uh, we're going to do nine, and it's coming out really good. And uh, you know, I think people are going to be surprised, and I think that they're uh, going to like it because uh, we're both professionals. It's not like uh, we don't know what we're doing. This is going to be a very good quality uh, CD. We have a good studio. Yeah, you know, uh, for, for those who may have heard Cindy's CDs, because uh, those are the quality is so good, you're working in the same studio, I know, where she recorded her solo stuff. And, yeah, they're very, very pro, and it just sounds terrific. Oh, uh, thanks. And uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh I think one of the reasons I got tired of being a professional musician was because I just overdid it. You know, uh, I was playing at one point like six nights a week, yeah. uh, twice a day on weekends, and uh, it got to be a real grind. And uh, for me personally, I think the music should be fun. You know, that's uh, how I started out. You know, it was fun, and that's what I wanted it to be. Then it turned out to be a bit much. And uh, so... Uh, you know, I think that uh, we're doing it right this time. We're not overdoing it. Uh, you know, we just perform once or twice a week at the most. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like... Um, and, and, you know, plus you don't have to get out there and do a grinding four to five hours a night or, you know, when you're in a band, you're just, it's, it's never ending. Uh, you guys come out and it's it's a small show that you do as part of your larger presentation. So that doesn't get overwhelming and then it's always fun. That's right. That's true. Yeah, Cool. 
Well, that'll be well, fun. And, and again, people can, and I'll give this out at the end of the show here today. I'll give out that link again for you. It's so hard to remember the website because you named it so in such a complex and hard to remember manner that GaryRenard.com, <laughs> you know, what were you thinking? So, uh, but I'll give those links out again. That'll be October 16th, though, in the heart of Hollywood. Are you guys going to take it out uh, onto the street at all? Are you going to walk around as part of the group or just see what happens casually and most of it will be in the theater or how's it going to break down? Well, I think we're going to uh, all go out together uh, for lunch and walk around and look at things. And uh, we may have to disperse because when you have 100 people, uh, you know, it's hard to sit them all in, in one restaurant. I could just see you with a, like a, a piccolo or a flute as you skip down the road and there's 100 people following you like the Pied Piper, you know, as you go from <laughs> – I'm just seeing that. I don't know. <laughs> really? Really? But uh, – I think we're going to walk to the Walk of Fame, you know, where they have oh, all the stars on the right, sidewalk right. and, and everything, and uh, probably end up in front of uh, the Chinese Theater there, right. which I've seen uh, a couple of world premieres at since oh, I moved out here, and it, yeah. and it is, like, huge. It's, it, the screen is like an IMAX. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just an amazing theater, and uh, there's all kinds of historic things around there, and yeah, it's you know, a lot I've, of fun to go to Hollywood. I have my, my handprints are there. Did you notice that when you're at the Chinese theater out on the sidewalk outside? You actually can see my handprints. If you look, it says Bogart right there. It's it's me, obviously. That's right. <laughs> you know, right. People have asked me if you were related to Humphrey Bogart, and I say, well, yes, of course. Well, there you go. He, he was my estranged uncle who would never recognize me, and I'm going to write a tell-all book and go on Oprah. <laughs> That'd be great. You better hurry because this is Oprah's last. Yeah, I know. I, I'm running out of time with this. I'm going to work on it. Uh, yeah. Well, that sounds like fun. That'll... She, she would have had me on, but you know, I'm just really hard to get hold of. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you're rarely in Chicago, I guess. But uh, <laughs> you're hard to. She couldn't find your website, so she was. I've been trying to get hold of Gary. I don't know the name of his website. Oh. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh. So, um, yeah, uh, I just wanted to mention that. Um, you know, because I mentioned that Cindy and I are, uh, you know, kind of like uh, writing a book together about relationships. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that's been kind of like a focus uh, lately, and it seems to be coming up a lot uh, in the workshop. So I just wanted to mention to people who are, are listening today that, you know, because they'll, they'll say, well, you know, how can you have a holy relationship? Well, the thing that you got to remember is that, first of all, you want to have your normal relationships. A lot of people, they get into spirituality. You know, and they get into things like A Course in Miracles, and they think that they're all of a sudden not supposed to live a normal life. You know, that they're supposed to be holy, right. and uh, they're supposed to give up things, and they think they have to give up money and relationships, right? and things like that. But I don't think that A Course in Miracles uh, would say that. I think that the Course would say, you want to have uh, your normal, everyday relationships, because first of all, that's where your forgiveness opportunities are going to lie. That's where they're going to be in the first place. Uh, you notice that A Course in Miracles was given in New York City, and uh, of course, you know, there are a lot of people in yeah. New York City. Oh. So it, I don't think that Jesus was saying that you want to get away from people. Uh, a lot of people think that in order to attain enlightenment, you got to go off and meditate, you know, in a mountaintop in uh, Tibet or something <laughs> for 20 years. And uh, that's not what A Course in Miracles is saying. Uh, a Course in Miracles is saying that you will find enlightenment in the things that are right there in front of your face. You know, the things that you uh, run into in your everyday life. And all that you really have to do is learn how to forgive and learn how to think of people eventually as what they really are rather than what they think they are. Yeah. Uh, most people think that they're bodies. Most people think that they're guilty. Uh, most people think they've uh, really done the things that they've done and really said the things that they've said. Uh, in their lives, and the truth is uh, they've done nothing, and they're innocent. And the way to experience that for yourself is to see it in others. Uh, as the Course says, you know, as you see him, you will see yourself. Mm -hmm. And there are many reasons for that, which we've gone into uh, in the past. But uh, the important thing to remember is that the holy relationship is found through forgiveness. Uh, at one point, the Course says that the forgiven relationship is the holy relationship. So, uh, for example, Jesus and Mary Magdalene, they were married, and they could be married to each other, and they could love each other, and they could have a normal uh, physical relationship and uh, have their friends and have, you know, uh, all the things that they had in their lives. They didn't give up the world. They lived in the world. They just knew that they weren't really in the world. And uh, what they would do, even though they had their normal relationship, 
was that at the end of the day, uh, they would think of the other person, and that's where spiritual sight is. You know, it's like uh, you're, uh, you know, having spiritual sight in the way that you think about other people. Uh, spiritual sight is not seen with the body's eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the Course teaches that the body actually represents a limit on awareness. Now, it's true that you can see symbols of spirit in, uh, with the body's eyes, uh, but you're not even seeing with the body's eyes, ultimately. You're really seeing the mind, uh, as the Course says, you are reviewing mentally that which has already gone by. So, you know, we think that we're in a body, and we're seeing with the body's eyes. The truth is, we're not even in a body, and we're not seeing with the body's eyes. The body uh, that we think is us is just a part of the same projection as everything else. Uh, yes, it looks closer to you. You've been tricked into thinking that you're inside of it. Mm-hmm. But as the Course says, the body is outside of us and not our concern. And the reason for that is because it really is just a part of the same projection as everything else. Or it's, it's not even real. It's not that we're not in it. It isn't even really there. We're, that's part of this great deception. We think it's real and we think we're it. And no, neither of those things are true. That's right. And so we think uh, you know, that uh, you know, this body is us. And it's really, as Einstein would call it, uh, an optical delusion. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and it's really uh, no more important or special than a couch that we're seeing across the room or another body that we're seeing across the street. Uh, it's no more real and no more important. Right. Uh, you notice in the Course of Miracles, you read sections like the the Message of the Crucifixion. By the end of his lifetime, uh, for Jesus, the body had become completely meaningless to his reality. And I really think it's possible for all of us to have that experience where uh, we realize that the body just isn't us and it doesn't really have anything uh, to do with us. But I think that also that's a process. I think that as you go through uh, many years of forgiveness, what happens is your experience starts to shift you know, from the experience of being a body uh, back to the experience of being what you really are, which is this perfect spirit, which is exactly the same as God. Mm-hmm. But it's a gradual process where the body may start to feel lighter. You may start to think it's uh, feeling more elastic, like it can't be hurt as easily uh, as it used to be. And uh, maybe start to feel more like a, a dream figure, which is what it is anyway. It's really just a figure in a dream, and you're not actually in it. It's almost like you're watching yourself. Uh, do these things, knowing that it's not really you. So uh, it's an experience, and it it develops uh, gradually. But I think uh, one of the most important things for people to remember, because I don't hear many people say this, uh, when you think about another person, and uh, you know, certainly if you're spiritually advanced, you're going to be thinking about them as being spirit rather than being a body. It's kind of like the Course says. The Course says that everywhere the Holy Spirit looks, he sees himself. Mm. You know, so uh, the Holy Spirit sees sameness. You know, everywhere the Holy Spirit looks, he sees himself. He sees everybody's being the same. And that's because uh, the Holy Spirit looks through the veil and beyond the veil, as the Course would put it, which is the body is just a veil over the truth. And it's kind of like you're overlooking it and, and looking right through it to reality, which is spirit. But this spirit is not just part of it. That, that's a fundamental mistake that people make. Uh, they're thinking that person is being spirit, but it's still kind of like a separation idea. It's kind of like, uh, you know, people say, you know, namaste, like, you know, the divinity in me bows down to the divinity in you. Right. It's almost like, uh, you know, you're over there with your divinity, and I'm over here with my divinity. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that doesn't work, because real divinity, real spirit, is not part of it. It's all of it. Uh, it's nothing less than the whole. It, yeah. It's exactly the same as God. So if you want to have the experience of being what you really are, which is this spirit, which is exactly the same as God, which would be totally unlimited, and it would be perfect oneness, it would be like the Course's definition of heaven, you know, the awareness of perfect oneness, uh, then you have to think about other people as being that. Uh, you have to think about them as not just being part of it, you have to think about them as being all of it. Right, right. And uh, so... At the end of the day, I mentioned Jesus and Mary were married. Well, at the end of the day, no matter what they did, uh, you know, Jesus could think of Mary as being uh, not that body, but look beyond the veil and think of her as being exactly the same as God, which would be uh, complete wholeness. Mm -hmm. It would be no division or distinction. And 
that's how he came to experience himself that way. Mary was also enlightened, and, and she uh, would think of Jesus at the end of the day as being exactly the same as God. And to see that in others is how to have it for yourself, as the Course we teach, especially in that beautiful section at the end, uh, Choose Once Again. Uh, you know, it says the way to have this gift is to give it to others. So uh, it has to be total, it has to be complete, and it would have to apply to everybody. Uh, so, you know, no matter who it is, you would look beyond the veil and think about them as being exactly the same as God. The Course says, uh, um, the course says very specifically, uh, Jesus was the name of a man who saw the face of Christ in all his brothers and remembered God. So, you know, that's about the closest thing to a formula you're going to find in the Course. The way to experience that, you are Christ, and certainly once you get up to the level of spirit, all these words kind of like merge into one. They're all the same thing. You know, words like heaven, uh, God, Christ, uh, spirit, Holy Spirit. Right. Uh, once you get up to the level of spirit, it's all the same. There are no distinctions between those things and spirit because it is, after all, perfect oneness. Uh, those words only have meaning in a seemingly separate world, and we need words and we need teachings in order to get us home. But at the end of the day, you know, the half a million words that we have in A Course in Miracles are designed to take us to a place that is beyond all words. Uh, as I've said before, you know, we're not going to be taking our Course in Miracles books into heaven with us. Right, there's no need for them. Yeah, right, so uh, it's kind of like um, the whole idea is to have the experience of perfect oneness, and the way to have that experience is to think of other people as being that way because... Uh, as the Course says, once again, as you see him, you will see yourself. And if you're thinking about other people as being that, then eventually you will experience yourself as being that. So I, I guess what I want to say today is I just wanted to uh, remind people that when you see other people and think of them in your mind as being spirit, remember that it's not a partial attribute, that uh, it's something that is all of it. It's something that is this perfect oneness that is all-inclusive, and uh, the fastest way to experience for yourself is to think about other people as being that. But if they are that, then they certainly can't be something else. That's yeah. why, once again, the Course says that everywhere the Holy Spirit looks, he sees himself. The ego will see differences. You know, that's what the ego wants. Right. I mean, how can you have judgment without differences? You know, so the, uh, the ego will see everybody as being different. You know, it'll see uh, the truth as being different for everybody, and it'll see... Uh, you know, any distinction that it can, because that's how judgment comes about. You have to have, uh, you know, something to be in disagreement with. But uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't buy it. The Holy Spirit will think of everybody as being what they really are, yeah. which is this perfect spirit, which is uh, nothing less than God. What I wanted to say earlier was uh, that uh, you know bef before fans of the phrase namaste start emailing, probably already writing out the emails <clears throat> saying, oh, Gene, how dare you? But what I wanted to say is we've talked before about how when you start to see things through the, the filter of the course, when you start to really understand these principles, you can really sort of reinterpret so many other things. We've talked about how biblical quotes that might seem at first to be at odds, when you see them through the course lens, it makes more sense. Um, and the same way that namaste in, on one sense means the divinity in me reaches the divinity over there in you, but it could also be taken to mean that the divinity in me recognizes the divinity in you and sees that there is no difference. And in that, we, so there you go. So we're, we're seeing the oneness which is really what the Course is always talking about, as you just said. You like that? Yes. And, yeah, in fact, okay. I think that uh, what you're describing is the correct interpretation uh -huh. of uh, namaste. It's not that there's anything wrong with the word namaste, it's just that people don't interpret it right, and they do kind of like think of it in their mind as being a partial attribute without realizing it. Mm -hmm. And if they think of it the way that you just described it, then it would work. Uh, that would be the right interpretation, which would be that uh, real divinity and real spirit is in fact the same as God, which means that by definition it would be this perfect oneness and not just uh, something that takes place in a limited space. Yeah.
One thing I want, and earlier when you, when you brought this up, you might have heard me chuckling a little bit. And so folks will know, as I've said a few times before, when our questions for Gary come up, uh, I don't go over these before the show with Gary. So he doesn't know. I just have a bunch that I think will be good. And, and sometimes I shuffle them around depending on how much time we have and, and what our subject matter happens to be. So I'm sitting with one in front of me that he doesn't know about. And Gary says, yes, I really want to talk about relationships. So let me do this. We may only have time for one question here in this episode. So let's do this one, Gary because it's going to be okay. perfect okay and you'll see sure. what you'll see what i mean very quickly this comes from our, our friend kent who lives in manhattan but it's not Ooh. new york no it's manhattan kansas i didn't know there was a manhattan kansas i imagine it's it's got skyscrapers as well so anyway this is from kent says hey gene and gary thanks so much for everything you guys do i appreciate it so much i'm hoping you might be able to help me out a little bit of advice Basically, from what I can understand, the typical ego special relationship involves an initial period of intense attraction and happiness. Inevitably, this happiness begins to wear off as each partner begins to get a little less romantic and a little less interested in one another. Then the couple breaks up, or especially for those who are already married, they stay together in a loveless and disappointing relationship. Now, I'm married with children, and my wife and I want to build a better relationship with each other. However, I understand now that our relationship was built on the ego and because of that our initial special love slash romance seems to have dwindled considerably and kent continues now as both of you guys are married i'd love to hear you guys talk about your special relationships with your wives and how you personally find satisfaction and happiness in those relationships do you guys still do all the normal romantic things with your partners now he says my wife is not a course student but does that really matter and then he asks is forgiveness really the only answer gene well, Kent, I'll, I'll answer that one for you in a couple of minutes. You can probably tell where I'm going to go with that. But Kent, it was funny that he was just asking about relationships, and you've already said much of that, but talk about the romantic part. Uh, you know, and I know you're in a very romantic relationship with Cindy, as I am with Helen. And, you know, so, you know, how do you, how do you sort of reconcile that with the purity of the holy relationship aspect? Well, uh, first of all, yes, absolutely. Uh, Cindy and I have a very romantic relationship, and uh, you know I'm going to keep it that way. Yeah. And uh, that's why I tell people, you know, don't forget how to be normal. Mm-hmm. You know, have a normal romantic relationship. Uh, it's almost like apples and oranges because you live your life on the level of the world. You know, you live your life, uh, you know, seemingly in the world, and you do all the same things that uh, everybody else does. The only difference here is that when it comes to the air, kind of like level of the mind, that's where forgiveness and the holy relationship are born. It has, you know, nothing to do with what you do in the world. It's how you're looking at what you do in the world. That's why I say that at some point uh, you want to kind of like think of that other person as being what they really are and where they really are. And if you do that, then you're doing your job. So it's okay to have the romance. It's okay to, uh, you know, do all those uh, things that make somebody else feel special. Uh, you don't have to get rid of that. All that you have to do is practice forgiveness at the same time. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, the psychotherapy pamphlet in a way. You read that psychotherapy section of the course, Jesus doesn't tell the therapist to change one thing about what they're doing. Uh, all it's about is about how they're looking at what they're doing. So all that they have to do is practice forgiveness at the same time. You know, and so, yes, be romantic, and then, uh, you know, maybe uh, when you're thinking about uh, things later, uh, you just think of that person as being exactly the same as God. And if you do that, eventually you're going to experience yourself that way. That's the holy relationship. When you think about the person as being what they really are, when you're thinking with the Holy Spirit instead of the ego, then that's where the holy relationship is born. That's the only difference, and everything else can stay the same. And yes, you may feel guided by spirit as you go along to make some changes, but as long as you're not doing it alone, as long as you're doing it with the advice of the Holy Spirit, then that's fine. So uh, I would say the key is, yeah, it's not about what you do. It's about how you're looking at what you do. Mm -hmm. That's what matters. And Gene, you wanted to uh, answer uh, part of that question also, so uh, I'd be interested in hearing what you have to say. Well, I will. Let me just find one other thing about the romantic part of things here, because uh, Kent mentioned, he said, my wife is not a course student, but does that really matter? Um, and I let me just quickly address that part as well, because um, I, I think... 
I, I would say it breaks down into three categories. Let's assume you have two people who are both into the course. You're both on the same page in terms of your study and, and your practice and your belief in this thought system. That would be the best because obviously you're completely supportive of each other. On the other end of the spectrum, you might have people who are actively opposed. You have one person, and this could be anything, it doesn't have to be just the course, but whatever it might be, one person has a certain belief in a thought system that they practice, and the other person is kind of against it. I can see how that could be a problem. The middle, which is probably where a lot of people are, you're not on the same page, but you still support each other. Maybe one person is into the course or whatever it may be, and the other partner is not, but they fully support the other person's activity. I don't think that's a problem. I, uh, you know, it might not be quite as nice as being able to do it together, but I don't think you're in each other's way. So again, you can keep the apples and oranges separated. That's kind of what I would say. So if, if anyone's wife or, or husband or whatever their significant other may be is not a student of the course, but you are, I don't think that's necessarily a problem, again, as long, and maybe this gets back to what you just said, Gara, that it's how you think of it, how you process it. Maybe that's the thing, that, that it's going to become either a problem or not, depending on how you both, but I think you both have to be on the same page of support for each other. Is is that really the crux of that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So uh, I think that, yeah. you know, uh, you do want to support each other, even if the other person isn't into the course, because mm -hmm. a lot of uh, couples, obviously one person is into the course. Uh, not everybody is as lucky as you and me, because mm -hmm. we both have wives uh, who do understand the course and who are into it and, and support it. But, you know, don't forget that the Course says whoever is the sanest at the time right. is the one who has to practice forgiveness. So and, the other and, person does not have to be uh, into A Course in Miracles for you to do it and to get all the benefits of it. And on the sanity yeah. scale, I think for both you and I, it's our wives who are the most sane in our, in our relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. Uh, I think that... Uh, you know, women who are into A Course in Miracles, they don't have all the testosterone going, and they're not as crazy uh, <laughs> as, as men, and they don't have to uh, kind of like act out quite as much. So I think that, Oh, uh, but they have their crazy stuff, Gareth. We both know that. Uh, well, yeah, I did notice that, but uh, I, I just think in general uh, that, uh, you know, guys may be uh, just a little bit uh, anxious to, you know, prove how self-reliant they are or how tough they are, where women, uh, you know, can talk to each other and, and uh, kind of like, you know, expose their feelings a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, that was why there was such a great title for that book, uh, you know, Men Are From Mars and, and Women Are From Venus. Uh -huh. uh, it, sometimes it is like they're almost like from two different planets. <laughs> so, uh, but at the same time, whatever... Uh, your disposition is. The course is for everybody because really it's about forgiveness. And so what you need to forgive is whatever comes up in front of your face on any given day. And as long as you do that, you're doing the course. If you're not using it for forgiveness, then you're wasting your time. But if you're using it for forgiveness, uh, then it really has to work because it's based on fundamental laws of the mind. And, and you know, uh, Kent's last answer there, or last part of the question from him was, is forgiveness really the only answer, Gene? And, you know, as I say at the end of every podcast, I will reiterate, Kent, yes, it is. And the reason for that really is because forgiveness, as we always say, is ultimately a letting go. And whatever the question or or circumstance or situation, whatever comes up in front of you, you realize, you know, by seeing that it's not really in front of me, it's coming from me, it's a projection that I seem to be putting out there in front of me, but it's in my mind, and it's there where I can cure that ill by applying forgiveness, which is a letting go, and ultimately that becomes the letting go of all illusion. So I see only God. I see only the truth of God. You know, when you were saying this before, I, I happen to look this, I'm looking at it right here, from Lesson 271, which is just from a few days ago as we record this in, in the workbook of the Course. It says, in Christ's sight, which is healed, the world and God's creation meet, and as they come together, all perception disappears. So as you just said before, Gary, that's, you know, we see what seems to be there in the world, but in in that holy vision in that in that healed vision of Christ's sight both what seems to be there and what's really God's creation the reality they come together and as they come together perception disappears because we perceive what's not really there we we are yeah. what is there there's no perception in God there is a knowing and a oneness so all perception is always perceiving an illusion 
which we let go, that's forgiveness, and that is always, ultimately, the answer. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to uh, mention, because I do have to get going here, mm-hmm. I want to thank you, because this is our uh, 40th podcast. That's right, I forgot to mention that, yeah, it's our number 40, yeah, 40th podcast. And, you know, we, we I, I think we'll do it in our next episode, but we're almost at our fourth anniversary point. Because it was like later in the month of October, uh, back in 2006, when we had our very first podcast. So we're not quite there as we record this. By our next one, it will have just passed. So we'll celebrate our anniversary on the next episode. But yeah, almost four years and 40 episodes here. So uh, cranking right along. Yeah, that's great. And uh, this is your idea to do these. And it's turned out to be a very good thing because, uh, you know, I go all over the world. I've been to uh, 22 countries now. And people listen to this podcast uh, in all these different countries, and it's done a lot for uh, me. It's done a lot for Course in Miracles, and uh, I'm just very grateful for that. And now, is it big? So, in, uh, are the podcast big in Germany? Yeah, absolutely. So then, it's like you and me and and David Hasselhoff. That's right. Gary and Gene and, and the uh, Hoff. We're all Lord big in Germany. Was right, by the way. Germans love David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's great. So in the in the and, stores uh, there, they got big posters of Hasselhoff and Gary Renard right next to each other sure. up there. The Garman and the Hoff right there, you know? Yeah, so uh, I got to run him off to uh, Victoria Island in uh, Canada tomorrow morning. Oh, that should be beautiful. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. My good friend, uh, Tomas Vieira, who's a very courageous... Uh, oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, I had just... Uh, is, uh, in the process of forgiving his fourth... Stage cancer, yeah. which is uh, obviously uh, one of the most difficult uh, forgiveness lessons anybody can have, and he's doing a great job, and he's going to actually speak yeah. uh, for uh, 15 or 20 minutes at the workshop this week. And, I, uh, I had heard that. I'll have, more to say, yeah, I'll have more to say about that later. But uh, Yeah, in our next and, show, we can, uh, we can talk about that, and I, I'll, I'll hopefully talk to you a bit more about that. I, I want to speak to Tomas. I haven't talked to him in a while. Uh, recently, just real quickly, I saw a, a video clip that he had posted uh, that I then linked on my Facebook page, and a number of people have seen it. It was just remarkable because, I mean, on one hand, you see the guy and you go, you know, part of you, your heart goes out to him saying, God, what he's dealing with is so terrible. And when you hear what he has to say and the way he presents it, you have a totally, I mean, here's somebody who lives exactly what we're talking about. You could just see the light and the energy emanating from him in this video, and he is so open. I mean, he, he is forgiveness in action. It is just absolutely remarkable. So God bless him. Yeah. So i got to run, but I'll okay. let you uh, wrap up the show. And uh, just as a final thought, I want to remind everybody, when they're thinking about somebody else's being spirit, uh, remember that means that they're not just part of it, that they are all of it, that they are nothing less than God, and that's uh, the best way to experience yourself that way. Here's that reminder about some of the things we spoke about in today's episode. Coming up on Saturday, October 16th, it's Gary Renard in the heart of Hollywood. The event, the all-day event that sounds like an awful lot of fun. Gary talked about it earlier in our program. That's coming up Saturday, October 16th, 2010, for those who are listening in the future. You can find out all about this event at Gary's website. You know, the one he named himself, GaryRenard.com. Just go to the appearances page and you'll find the link to the Gary Renard in the Heart of Hollywood event. And you can find out the details and even sign up right there. Gary and Cindy will both be there. It should be a lot of fun. I wish I could be there, but it's on the other side of the country. But for those who will be in the California area, you're going to love this. So make sure you check that out. While you're there at Gary's website, you can also sign up for his email newsletter list. Uh, Check that out again at GaryRenard.com. And speaking of email newsletter lists, ooh, we've been waiting for this one for a long time. At Forgiveness.tv, it's finally there. An actual email sign-up link. Right there, right there on the page when you go to the home page at Forgiveness.tv. Down at the bottom of the page, there's a link area. And it's also in the menu bar on every page at the website. It says Email Newsletter. Click on either of those things, the link or the menu link, 
and you'll go to the sign-up page and there it is the actual sign-up form where you can add your email you don't have to wait for me to do it anymore because I know it takes me an awfully long time and uh, over the years, I know a lot of people have sent me in, said, put me on the list, Gene. And in some cases, I've been able to do that. Some of you are still waiting. I apologize. Uh, I still have all those email addresses, and I'm going to do my best to migrate them over to this new list. But you can do it yourself. Uh, if we attempt to both do it, it'll just show up as a duplicate, which isn't a problem. It'll, it'll tell you your email's already on the list. If you do get a duplicate, you can unsubscribe it if you want to at any time, which you can. The form is right there, and it's really cool, so I finally was able to get this done. I know this is simple work for a web design person, but I am not one of them. So I was lucky to finally be able to get this done. My, my thanks to my dear buddy OJ out in Chi-Town, who was a big help in getting this together. So finally, it's there. Please sign up. I do want to have you all on the list. And uh, you just need to put down your email address. Again, you can add your name and phone number on the form if you choose to, but you don't need to. You just need to give me the email address and we'll, we'll sign you up. And then I'll start getting some uh, newsletters out, stuff that I'm doing, stuff that is happening at Forgiveness.tv, and stuff that Gary and I are doing together. I have a couple of exciting new projects coming online within the next few months, and we're certainly going to keep everybody posted on those through our newsletters. So uh, make sure you do get on the list, and we'll keep you posted. You'll be the first to know, and uh, it'll be a great way to keep in touch. So please sign up for that when you get a chance. The Gary Renard Podcast is produced by Enlighten Up Creations and presented by Forgiveness.tv. Verbal content of our programs is copyright 2010, Gary Renard and Gene Bogart. All rights reserved. All grievances forgiven. We so very much appreciate everybody listening into our podcasts. This has been episode 40, as we mentioned earlier, our 40th show. And uh, the next one, 41, will be the one we'll talk about our fourth year anniversary, which is happening in uh, just a couple of weeks here. And we'll talk about that in our next program. So we hope you'll tune in for that. And we really appreciate you being here. Our, our extended family of podcast friends and relatives all over the world, uh, it, it means so much to us. And we, we're glad these shows mean something to you guys. They certainly mean a lot to Gary and I. And uh, it's a real privilege to be involved with everybody who tunes in. And uh, we just thank you very much, and we hope that uh, you're getting a lot out of the shows. We certainly do when putting them together for you. So until the next episode of the Gary Renard Podcast, this is Gene Bogart thanking you so much and reminding you. And Kent in Kansas, I know, buddy, you're going to be listening to this very carefully because I'll say it once again, and hopefully I will always continue to say this because it will always be true that no matter what the question, forgiveness is always the answer. Yeah.